What's up, everybody? This is the Comic Vine podcast for the week of uh, Friday, October 28th, 2011. I'm Sarah. I'm here with Corey. What is up, y'all? And Norm. Hello. Hello. And uh, Tony is not here, but he is at Long Beach Comic Con covering uh, that convention. So I'm sure he'll be back next week with plenty of really cool stuff to show us. The inmates have taken over the asylum. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Um, So this is great. Uh, We've got a lot of comics to cover this week, although we're only covering half the stack because I I guess... uh, I guess we didn't we didn't get a chance to read a lot Got of them. Got somehow fragmented. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start off with uh, Wolverine uh, Regenesis, the, f- the first issue. So um, I read this; it's pretty good. Yeah, like, Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah, it's a little it's a little sitcomish, but uh, it's a little like my boss is coming over for dinner and I've got a date. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a Jason Aaron and Chris Bacalo. Is that how you pronounce his last name, Bacalo? Buffalo, I, I, Buffalo, I, think so. I don't know. It's I don't yeah, know. yeah. I mean, he's a very versatile artist. Um, this is definitely uh, his is. classic. I mean, when he draws Wolverine, he draws it with the almost the broad brushstroke style. Yeah. Um, messy. Uh, I mean, remember when he did Spider-Man? Oh yeah. Um, with I guess it was a. Uh, oh, it was Anti Venom. That arc. Yes, yes. And it, it was great. And Wolverine was yeah. also in there. But he also has done uh, Ultimate series. And when he does, when he did the Ultimates. It's everyone it, gets it's, a lot taller. <laughs> yeah, and every, all the lines are finer, mm-hmm. um, and and the noses are less stubby, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, like generalize his art style. Right. Uh, it's weird because in this comic, there's no. It's not action oriented. No, not at all. In fact, yeah. there's, there's like no fighting. Yeah, which has no. caught me a little off guard. Uh, Tony loved this. He he reviewed it for Comic Vine. He, he gave it a, a five out of five. Um, I think that the bit so. The, if you don't know the story, Wolverine has started a new school. Yeah, and it's called. It's called the, the, the Jean, Jean, Gray. Jean Gray School, school. for Gifted Youngsters. Yep. I believe. Yeah, he um, went back to Westchester, right? Reopened mm-hmm. the Xavier Institute, renamed it. Because if there's something New York needs, it's more superheroes. Well, <laughs> yeah, they all moved upstate, to San Francisco. Upstate New York. <laughs> I, know, I know. So you have an East Coast X Men and an, a West Coast X Men, and if you had or not the Avengers, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you if you not uh, had read the previous uh, Regenesis, um, that told you how they split, how the teams, how the members split. So um, I guess we can, I don't think we can give away the entire cast of who's with Wolverine. Um, I used to say Kitty Pride is with Wolverine. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a given. So this issue is more of it, like, like Corey, you said, high jinxy. Yeah, very uh, They're high setting jinxy. up the school <laughs> and the, the regents, so the, the state of New York needs to, they need to you know, check out the schools to approve it. Um, I think <laughs> that bit go from bad to worse. Yeah, that, bit, that bit gets old. I think <laughs> by does, the end of the issue, um, it seems like they're only keeping it up for one issue, though, which good, is good because good. I, I don't think they could have sustained it. For yeah, you never get a sense longer. of what the school, of what Wolverine, how he is as a teacher for the school. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not meant to be a teacher, and I'm wearing a suit, right? And but the parts I did like were the way they introduced some of the students, uh, of the school. <laughs> And uh, they have one character in particular I think is going to be really interesting. Uh, I don't know if we're thinking of the same character, Corey. I think we might be. The, okay. the, let's just say the class nerd. Yeah. 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 I think it's really cute, though. Yeah. I, no. I, I really like the interactions it's between the students. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed this, too. I, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a really fun book. Norm, I, I wanted to ask you, why, why, did you uh, why were you surprised when there was no 
Action. Action. Yeah. Um, because it's a Wolverine book. I mean, it's Wolverine, and I expect him at least to be serious a little bit, but it's more him being awkward and comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Professor X does make an appearance. Right. He's in, like, the first three pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's almost, like, very un-Professor X. Like, he is such so out of X-Men continuity at this point, uh, dead in Ultimate Universe. And right. It's kind of <laughs> like, he has no respect at all. We're talking about compared to Astonishing X-Men. Right, he is not the Professor X persona that. It's kind of funny in this book. I, I got mean. I got more of like a, a Professor X from the first class movie. Like he seemed almost a bit more casual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> is that an accident? Do you, do you think I don't it's know. An it's kind of the same way they've made. I uh, think Marvel has put him in the sidelines for now because they're planning on doing big things with him. Later. Yeah, I think it's just they've also like kind of made uh, Hal Jordan a bit more of a smartass in the Justice League. I think partially in response to the Green Lantern movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A little bit. At uh, the end of the issue, you do get. A villain who kind of comes out of nowhere, but it's a villain that's I mean, he in X-Men. Yeah. And it's like a big villain, yeah. but his appearance is almost like, like what? This is the guy? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I, I really can't wait to see him fail because this villain just drives me up a wall yeah. in, the, in the best way possible. Like a villain, you should despise a villain. Uh, he's yeah, I do. Oh, he's no, obnoxious. exactly. And, but, and he's, you just, you can't wait to see him fail. <laughs> It's a villain appropriate for the tone of the book. Mm -hmm. I guess. Definitely. <laughs> it's a good issue overall. Um, so it's a, good, it's a good start to this new series then. Very uh, good. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very effective. Uh, moving on to uh, our first new 52 book, Flash, issue number two, dun, dun, dun. by Francis Manipal and Brian uh, Buccolato. Um, so while Tony's not here with us, he is here with us. <laughs> He's here in spirit. Um, he does. Uh, he does make a, a, an appearance as Doctor Guerrero in in uh, in Name second issue of Flash. Twice. Yeah. yeah, actually, Panels. as as sort of a big role too. Like it oh, seems yeah. like he might come back. Like he might yeah. be a recurring character. Gonna be, in this <laughs> He's going to be recurring, which <laughs> is so cool, right? James James uh, uh, from Isotope. Right, is yeah. Isotope right in, in Invincible, Invincible. Mm -hmm. has made has come back. Which and, uh, he's a fairly minor supervillain. Uh, <laughs> Tony, worried Tony look. Um, yeah. <laughs> this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that it's one's funny. funny. Um, Flash issue two. What? What? I mean, I don't think there are I mean, more good things we can say yeah. about. Yeah, this. Yes. I really love the beautiful. direction that they're going. Mm -hmm. I love the, like they're changing Flash on like this fundamental level and kind of addressing this thing that's never been addressed even though it really should have so in, in terms of the new 52 i think this is one of the books that does new 52 right yeah mm -hmm. you people who may not have read flash before you know okay he's Can a fast dude mm -hmm. right they know barry west kind of i mean but the way they've changed his powers his uniform mm -hmm. right and uh this and the people around him really suit a new era for flash um, I love the burning of the sacred cows uh, that are the uniforms. Just like that's one of the things that the fans well, get most up in arms yeah, about. Yeah, and then they've completely redone, like Batman, Superman especially. Sh sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you turn, talk about all the, uh, the characters, I mean, the four, say the four, four or five big ones, right? So Batman, the redesign, it really isn't a redesign. They gave him gauntlets. Yeah, right? like, they and like, like the, the like, weird neck, like, Ridges. Sure, but but the, the thing that bugs me about all the Batman redesign uh, of the Batman redesign, the thing that bugs me the most is those three lines that come out of the bat. What it serves no purpose. It's like Jim Lee said, "I want to draw these three lines above the bat on both sides." And in some artists, they've kind of like made it part of like armor. So like yeah. when you in Justice League, you can tell those three lines are like where the plates kind of meet together, which I guess yeah. was his, the point of the armor that design. But if you read something like 
Dark Knight and David Finch where his <laughs> style of Batman's more like just him it's not armor it's just him putting on like you know like spandex. spandex pretty much yeah. but you sell those three lines it looks completely out of place it's like the Wolverine yeah, whiskers that weren't supposed to be whiskers or, originally or like a Starfire shoulder pads <laughs> oh, yeah. which yeah. are so strange so uh, that's kind of arbitrary Superman I think is a, is a big change so it's it's adding the collar to make him younger, taking away the tights. These are good changes. Yeah, obviously. taking you know, away the is, underwear on the outside. I was going to say, that, yeah. that also, they also took that away from Batman. Thing. Yeah, and, and that kind of ties in with the design of the new Superman movie. It's great. It makes him younger. He needs, yeah. Superman needs to be a, a little younger. He's, yeah, brash. Um, <laughs> Green Lantern, it's weird, the uh, design changes, because... It's, it's a bit more subtle. That, that character is the one that's most tied to in his arc to stuff that happened before the New 52. Yeah, yeah, in terms of the yeah I noticed War. that, too. So... Mm-hmm. That's the to only thing the that's really stayed like, consistent. Right? I mean, his yeah, skin is a completely different color. He's got that weird mustache well, now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's I, I, you know what I mean, Corey, right? <laughs> so Hal Jordan, when he gets the armor, when Sinestro gives him the power back, he's suddenly in this new Green Lantern armor or suit, and that's the suit that we were supposed to assume he's had this entire time. Right. But it's still directly tied to the old story. doesn't bug me that much because Green Lantern, again, logically, it, it's just part of his head. I always yeah. found it weird that, uh, that Guy Gardner always called Sinestro space Hitler, but that's totally not a Hitler mustache, like, at yeah, all. No, it's, it's, it's more actually like more of a, a John Waters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Totally like a John Waters. Yeah. Director Sinestro. Yeah. Uh, so, but Flash, this is actually, his design changes are very functional. Mm-hmm. It, the new line, the new uh, seams, which are, are how this, the suit gets put together. Right. Uh, are great, but also it allows Francis when he draws Flash like the when the electricity the bolts go through those seams. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Looks great. It's really cool. I also think that I feel like they beefed up his calves finally, which I feel like has <laughs> kind of been long yeah. overdue because it's like he's the greatest runner in the well, universe. Well, I think when like Michael Turner drew Flash, he had well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he does get new powers in this issue. Mm-hmm. The villain awesome is new powers. The villain, the mystery, um, is very. Um, not like not big, it's yeah. like, tell him like it, it's not momentous, right? Yeah, like, it's a strange villain, I'd actually say. <laughs> uh, but it allows Flash to explore his powers. You know what this this book? I don't know if you guys will agree. Uh, reminds me a lot of is Daredevil. Yes. Yeah, it does. And it, uh, you know what? I was just thinking that when I opened up to this page yeah. because of the uh, the layout of the panels, it's, yeah. it's very abstract. It's not it's not like uh, left to right reading, um, which is cool. I mean, it is, but it's not. I don't know how to explain well, it. Well, both Daredevil and Flash yeah. are kind of <coughs> reboots in their own. Yeah, they are. Uh, Absolutely. And they were introducing readers to the powers, and they use interesting visual panel arrangements and, mm-hmm. and art to show off these powers. Um, I think this book is a little bit more fun than Daredevil, though. Yeah, Daredevil's a I don't know. There's serious. something about it. I think it's more, it's, it's lighter. Oh, than, no, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. But, but Daredevil is still fun. No, it is. Absolutely. No, in its own way. It's a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. But, um but the flash is a little bit lighter than. than I still that. can't believe like Daredevil never fought Claw before this point, and it's like nobody it's noticed sense, that. Yeah. And it's like, and now it's like, it's like when Steve Niles first unveiled Thirty mm-hmm. Days of Night. It's like, yeah, why haven't vampires ever gone to Alaska? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's dark se- up there. In over a hundred years of vampire like lore and stories and writing, nobody ever thought like, hey, what about that place where it's like dark for entire seasons? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think for new readers. Um, for people who may not have read comic books but have maybe watched the movies. Or, or, or even just people who are unfamiliar, like people who yeah. are accustomed to Wally West mm-hmm. um, and not Barry. Well, I, I would recommend for new re- comic readers in general, if you want to pick a DC book, pick Flash. If you want to yeah. pick a Marvel book, pick Daredevil. Yeah. I Absolutely. wouldn't recommend Batman 
I, I, I would be, like, overall, for, <laughs> yeah. but it's still like tied to a lot of lore. Oh, totally. Stuff. Especially right. with everything Scott Snyder's doing, like you know that gates, gates still, yeah, yeah exactly. the Gates of Gotham stuff yeah. is still which actually kind of this new has bled book. into uh, Arkham City. Not to get off on that tangent because we talked about that at great length <laughs> right. last week, but yeah, like you you get uh, in at the very beginning of the game. I just noticed this on my second playthrough. Uh, Penguin. When he's menacing Bruce Wayne, says like your family oh, ruined yeah, the family mine. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do it's like, oh too. wow, hey, yeah. that's straight out of the new comics. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. So yeah. Flash, highly recommend. But yes, Flash, absolutely. absolutely. Like I never liked Flash. I've liked these last two issues more than anything that came before. <laughs> Good job, Francis. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about Daredevil next? Since we're yeah, sure, on it's... the subject of Daredevil, you I read mean... this one, Sarah, and and you loved it. I did. It. I did. I absolutely loved it. Um, so I can't I can't find it right now. I think I left it out there. But Elder Austin Devil. Cow, uh, why am I pulling this one? Austin <laughs> Austin Cow is uh, is uh, uh, Daredevil's new client, um, and Daredevil's doing a little bit of consulting now instead of presenting cases in, in courts. Because his cases keep getting thrown out because he's maybe yeah Daredevil. he's maybe Daredevil. <laughs> um, so uh, that 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 can be a little bit problematic. Um, he's consulting his clients and helping them uh, present their own cases before a court. He's basically like telling them, here's what you say, here's how you say it. Yes. Like, represent yourself, which is not <laughs> a good thing generally. But And uh, his new, his latest client, Austin Cow, um, speaks, I think, like something like 26 languages, one of them being Asgardian. Yeah. And um, he may have been at the wrong place at the wrong time. And Latverian. over, yeah, Latverian, <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry, I said Asgardian. <laughs> I was going to say uh, yeah, Latverian. Um, and he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. May have overheard something. Now he's right. sort of on the run. And uh, Daredevil shows up just in time to sort of save his butt. So <laughs> that, that's that's where we are picking up. Um, and the new DA towards the end of uh, the issue, maybe thinking about. Matt in a new way, oh sort of. You know, we're, like, so we might have a new love interest for for Matt Murdock, which is which is also cool. Another notch in Daredevil's baton. So yeah, to speak. something something like that. Um, overall, it was a really great issue. I absolutely loved it. Did you guys read it? I yeah. didn't actually. I didn't yeah. know it came out this month. But um, I would have. This is I the second known. issue. I mean, it's issue five. So the first three issues of the Daredevil uh, relaunch. It's Mark Wade. Um, did a really good job. That's the claw that you alluded right. to, the villain. Mark um, uh, Mark Wade does really great at sort of capturing that Silver Age feel, but yes. not like I, I don't not to insult the entire Silver Age, but not dumbing it down to that level. Well, like he I, writes I think, very contemporarily, but his yeah. ideas are very Silver Age mm-hmm. in, in um, the best way possible. That is absolutely not. So issue four and five, it's Mar- <laughs> Marcos Martin who mm-hmm. uh, who did amazing uh, yeah, Spider Man before, and. <laughs> He is such a fun artist. He, he reminds us, I think we've mentioned this many times, of uh, a lot like uh, Tim Sale's mm. art, a little bit. Yeah, but a little yeah. bit. Ha- has the, uh, the, the, the very dynamic action, almost like a like Frank Miller's Daredevil in yeah. a little bit. Is um, Tim Sale up to anything these days? Speaking of I don't who? think so. I don't know. I don't it's think he has to. Crazy. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so like, like Sarah, you said, this new, uh, this new arc, his new client uh, is, I think we could say he's a, a blind kid. Yeah, that's uh, so that I mean they share that disability, right? Uh, yes. which is which is cool, <laughs> and sort of. Sort of <laughs> well, yeah, no, it allows Mark but, Wade to do things. With yeah, the there's this really great scene, and um, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's fine. <laughs> but um, 
Daredevil sets up the this the office in his house. So he he takes him to his he takes Austin over to his house and he sits him down and he's like, "Okay, we're going to recreate this scene, you know, so you can remember what happened." And um I loved that. I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And and I I think that it was it was a really if I just thought it was an interesting part of the story, you know, where mm-hmm. where Mark is sort of acknowledging the fact that you know, this guy needs to use his other senses in order to, yeah. you know, it's right. a way for yeah. a way to show how Daredevil sees the world. No, yeah, no, no pun intended. It's right. How he perceives the world, and the tricks he uses, um, and in that way, it's very similar to Flash. It's like his perspective, and both these comics, and comics in general, use like internal monologue a lot. Yeah. to describe you know it's, it's the thought thought not thought bubbles but like the thought blocks right. to tell you what they're thinking, um, and. F- for characters who see the world differently, you know, Flash obviously seeing the world much faster. Yeah, that's and Daredevil ah, I can't not wait to see you know, what they do just that. hearing the world. Right, you get a different sense of like here's how they use their powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daredevil having this new client who's also blind, he gets to relate to him in a unique way, and so that moves the story along. There's still plenty of action in this story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it starts off action packed. Yeah, so. it starts and and it ends. Yeah, yeah, it does. Daredevil is so, one of those like when you hit it with the action, like the artist yeah. mostly, you like knock it out of the park. But when you don't, it's like one of the worst things you can do. So it's yeah. a, he's a risky character to work with, but and, and you know what? He pays off huge dividends. A lot like uh, Black Panther and stuff like that. I think the best comics today, the, the standalone ones, are the ones who don't put these heroes in grand uh, event right. stories. Like the Flash, he's fighting, you know, not super a super right. villain and. Daredevil, yes, there are superpowered beings, but it's still he's d- doing stuff that a normal a guy with his powers would do. Yeah, not necessarily going to space right. or you know <laughs> fighting scrolls or anything. Right, fighting freaking Galactus. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, next issue we're going to talk about is Superman. Speaking issue of two. intimate characters, Speaking not fighting it. spacemen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is George Perez, uh, issue two, and uh, Jesus Marino. Um, so I don't know if we mentioned it on last week's podcast or not, but Perez is off this book now. Um, really? Yeah, after after I think the sixth issue. Oh, okay. After issue six, uh, he's done. Oh. So I I actually haven't had a chance to read this, but uh, Norm, you haven't. Mm-hmm. Corey, you read this I too. Did, yes. So um, so what's so what's it like? It's a step up from the last issue, I'll say. Um, I felt like the last issue kind of meandered. It didn't really have like a sense, a, a driving sense behind it or a driving purpose behind it. And mm-hmm. I'd say this one, uh, you kind of get to know Superman as he's as he is now. Because like Action Comics is Superman. As uh, he was young. Yeah. As younger. And now this one, you sort of get to see like the weight of the world has started to press down on him a bit more. I'd argue that issue one was a Lois Lane issue. It wasn't necessarily a Superman issue because it really highlighted the way Lois is sort of taking control. You know, she's she's a producer now. She's yeah, not. She's, she's just a big a, part of this issue too. Yeah. yeah, she's still massively in this one, but so is her uh, father, uh, General Interesting. Lane. So is, is really in this. The a difference lot. between Action Comics and Superman. We all love Action Comics yes. right now. Action <laughs> Comics one and two, and that is the Superman comic to read, both in the sense that it's you know it's Grant Morrison and it's, his <laughs> takes on Superman are always great. Also, it's it's a reboot, so yep. it's him. It's Discovering how Grant Morrison is has changed Superman. This one, it seems like I mean, knowing that George Perez is going to be off after six issues, I wonder what kind of impact he's going to have on the character at all. It does seem like oh, here are the minor changes. I'm going to change Lois Lane a little bit. I'm going to change you know General Lane a little bit. Here's you know Jimmy's a little different. Yeah, and then Superman's yet fighting another big 
monster. I don't know. That I kind mean, of is like the problem. It's like he's fighting a Kryptonian monster that he can't see, but everyone else can. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> I mean, the changes to Lois, I think, were pretty big. Yes. No, no, the, because, I, no, no I'm saying they were big. Yeah. Because as far as like, as far as what's been happening to her character, nothing's happened to her character in a really long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of been hanging around, you know, and when he was walking Falling across the buildings. world, like he, <laughs> she was kind of like, okay, cool. Right. You know, I'll meet you there. I, I get, yeah. uh, aside from those, like, here's a checklist of let me show you things that have changed. Mm-hmm. I don't get any big themes out of this arc right now. Superman still feels lost. Like, he, he but... This, like, the, guess, the mention of Krypton. Yeah, like, like he, he's trying to find stuff out about Krypton. This is apparently takes place before he's found out just about anything about where he comes from, and now there are two different monsters that are oh, isn't that isn't that like a, a theme that's been you know oh we just dealt with that uh with war of the supermen right yeah. like i'm gonna go back to crypt uh, i'm gonna go to new krypton and like you right. know <clears throat> reconnect with my roots so just, is that what's happening here no there's there's like no i mean he's still at a point where he doesn't know where he's from really i mean he knows about krypton people people know about yeah. Krypton too so <coughs> he's like, i have no place to go He's not even like. There's no personality to the Superman. Yeah, that, that's um, that's. I would say the biggest all. thing, and especially since there is so much personality in both Justice League and in Action Comics, mm-hmm. that's muted here. I don't feel like once this arc is said and done, I'm ever going to come back to it and say this is something that was memorable. Yeah, it was just like any old Superman comic, way like five years ago, six years ago, before they started doing the serialized stuff. Do yeah. we need this book? Uh, I don't. I don't think Not so. Not especially. I feel yeah. like we get enough of Superman as Superman in the Justice League. Exactly. And I mean, we get enough of Superman as sort of like this brash youngster in uh, action comics. I think it's interesting to to have the two books to have action comics, which is set in the past, you know, mm-hmm. and and sort of figure like where it is, it's Grant Morrison telling the story of Superman's origins. Right. You know, how did he get to where he is? To um, this Superman ongoing, which is already the established character. Like, we know that he's going to be changed, you know, with the relaunch. So how can you how can you write a story without really knowing who he is and where he came from, you know, unless, you know, Morrison and, and, and Perez have been, like, tied, like, they know what the other one's doing. Well, Morrison knows by the end of his run, Action Comics isn't going to be set in the past forever. Right. And so he has to reconcile how Superman going to go from just being able to jump to fly. Because right. we know he will be able to fly. Um, and how will be that, you know... People aren't hunting him anymore, and he'll accept it as a hero. So that's Morrison's challenges, and it's like way more fun for Morrison to write that. I almost want Superman, the ongoing, to be like more like one shots, just like here are his ventures, and each one have like a strong theme, because the, the arc right now, the villains and stuff. There's it was better than the last issue, resonates. but it still feels like it's meandering. Like yeah. it feels like it's fa- it's starting to find a direction, but not quickly enough. Yeah. Like if we get another issue like this, I it, it's like wow. Here we are, still meandering, still mystery, still. And, and the, you know what? The, the art doesn't really do anything for me either. Yeah, it's it's path. It's like it's good. Yeah, it's it's good enough. It's not yeah memorable. Not super great. And <laughs> not like Rags Morales again. Right. Let's talk about Action Comics. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think Action Comics may actually be hurting this book a little bit because <laughs> it is kind of like better on almost every level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's and it's impossible not to make the comparisons. So. Uh, Aquaman uh, number two by Jeff Johns and uh, Ivan Ivan Rice. Ivan yes. Rice, yep. yeah. Um, what a great creative team, first of all. Yeah, I have not read one or two yet, so I, I need to know how good this book I is. I really don't like the first issue was great, 
Corey, did you read issue two? I have not read issue two. Oh, you I haven't? Read issue one. Oh, man. None <laughs> of us did. Um, I don't like this cover yeah. because it's a Photoshop. Like, his. Like, this. There's like a monster with like the gaping mouth. And right. uh, this is a cover that we had before. So it's like. Right, they, the, they the image Photoshop- of Aquaman. Yeah, the image of Aquaman. I think it was like a Blackest Night cover. It wasn't the cover for number one? Was it? It might have been. Oh yeah, it is. Cover <laughs> of number one. That's it's, what it is. Is inside this piranha and it's inside of eyes. like the piranha's eyeballs. <laughs> Two for press and one. Yeah. I don't know. That's <laughs> a little lazy. It's really lazy. Come on. Um, so, so how's the story though? We. Uh, I don't think anyone read it. We didn't read oh, it. Oops. I know. I didn't, how unfortunate. Um, Red Wing. Nope. No, we didn't read that either. I, what? Found, I found the last issue to be kind of baffling. And I, it's I think very. I just... It's very abstract, and it's kind of. I think it's going to be much better when it's collected. Exactly. Yeah, that's the kind of book. I, that's I mean, it's a great cover. And you look at the creative team, it's like, oh, it's Hickman, right? I, yeah. I like his stuff. But it's a miniseries, and it's a kind of thing where I, because I missed the first two issues, I just want to pick it up, collect it, and then mm-hmm. read it then. Because I know it's, he's a dude full of ideas, and when he gets to do his own stuff. It's, it's very cerebral. That's, so, that's all. That yeah. sounds like Hickman. And, it, I, and that's fantastic, but I think that that's what's, making this such a difficult read. Like, it, like it's a slow read. It's not very wordy, but it's a slow read anyway. Mm-hmm. It just, it takes a long time to You have to kind of think it. about what's happening. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, and that's um, kind of with Hickman books. You have to be like, wow, that is... Well, I don't know. A not lot all, of not all, all of them. Against but... Ultimates, we can talk about that. <laughs> uh, Incredible Hulk, number one. Jason Aaron, Mark big, Silvestri. Big release. I would yeah. say yeah. one of the bigger releases yep. of this week. I loved this book. I really Tell us why. this book. Um, Mark Silvestri's drawing again? The last, yeah. That's awesome. He hasn't done anything since, I think, the first issue of Messiah Complex. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, for one thing, the ending, which I won't go into here because it, it needs to be seen to be believed. But, well, uh, this book was, you got a, a taste of it at the end of um, uh, Fear Itself. Right. Last issue of Fear Itself. They had all the, the teasers, all the prologues, and... So you know, you kind of know what's going to happen in Incredible Hulk. But you kind of do, but you kind of don't. <laughs> well, okay, well, you can, you can, let's say what happens. Okay. Uh, Bruce, you, Bruce okay. Banner yeah. and Hulk are, are separated. Yeah. Physical, separate people, separate but physical beings. the way that this book takes that yeah, is... Yeah, so you don't need to spoil that <laughs> yeah, No, I'm not so going to. Just that idea, <laughs> and, and Tony wrote off my mind about this, of Bruce Banner, can that ha- actually happen? Because you always think that, you know, you, you have this, you know... Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they, they are, right. they've kind of been two separate personalities, but Hulk has also been, like, more reasoned. Right. Well, I mean, years. like, in the, especially with, like, World War Hulk and Planet Hulk. Yes, where it's like, everything that Greg Pak did with the Hulk yeah. made him a likable anti-hero character. But he also kind of was, there, there was no, like, Bruce Banner wasn't fighting to take control. Right. He was still Bruce Banner. Which is, yeah, well, I remember why they uh, said on Planet Scar, it was like he just gave up trying to t- take control yeah. because it was like, if I take control, I will die. Right, and there was no like <laughs> internal, I'm Bruce talking to the Hulk right. persona in his head. That seems like is all gone away now, and they're going back well. to the roots of Hulk is mad and angry. Right, and well, except he's, not, is, he's kind of found a measure of peace at the He's not pure rage, this, yeah. but he's still a, he has, he's cognizant, he, he has a personality. Right. And Bruce Banner is his own personality. <laughs> which right? is, yeah. Which we get to see some of and which is, yeah. Is that explained at all in this issue? How, how, they, how they separated? No. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's comic books. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I th- they've t- it's happened before, hasn't it, where Hulk and Banner separated? Am I, yeah, am I, uh, am yes. I inventing yes. continuity yeah, in no, my no, head? Yes. <laughs> yes, it has. Uh, but I don't know if, 
basically how that's possible. I mean, it's not, but because okay. <laughs> Hulk is Banner, Banner is Hulk. <laughs> um, I mean, but it's, you know, the idea has been floated that they're separate entities before. So I, I think this will, especially with the direction that they seem to be running in with this, I think it will create some very interesting stories that we have possibly never seen before. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be really cool. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, recommended? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Justice League Dark number two. So um, Peter Milligan and uh, Mikhail Janine. We're still forming Justice League Dark team. And uh, I personally like this one uh, more than the uh, regular Justice League book. Ooh. So we've got Constantine, Zatanna, Madame Xanadu. And um, they're all sort of coming together and forming the team. So we're still in the beginning stages. Um Boston Brand is in this, and so is Don Granger, and that's so cool. And there's a great interaction between the two characters. Um, and you know Boston can uh, take over somebody else's body. And, and right. Yeah, so there's a really funny scene where he does that and the and then starts to talk to Don, and then the guy kind of has a girlfriend, so she sees this, and it, it's a funny <laughs> scene. It's really funny. Um, so they're trying to get uh, uh, Enchantress, who's sort of going crazy, um, you get you get a great scene with Madame Xanadu who and you can see like her power set. So we can see what she can actually do, right. uh, which isn't just telling the future, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I like this book. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, How does it compare to like another alternate team book? You know, when you have like Secret Avengers to Avengers and Justice League, Justice com- Dark. It's completely different uh, right. because you've got mystical characters. So everyone in this book, this is not a superhero book. This is like It seems like magic. they could have just as easily right. called it's it's Justice League magic. Like X-Men. It's not like they took extra characters from Justice League and gave them their own book. It's like, yeah. here's all the, okay. That's cool. And you've got a lot of vertigo. Here's the Justice League of magic. Yeah, you've got a lot of vertigo <laughs> characters that have mm-hmm. been integrated into, into the new DC universe. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. But it's not a bad different. It's good. Yeah. Like so, so it's a it's a solid book. I think it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's uh, good for it to have tonal like big tonal differences. Like kind of like X Force to X Men. Like it's not exactly the same. Like in terms of the roster, but in terms of like how X Force is kind of a more covert, darker yeah. book than X Men, yeah. and this is kind of more of a. You feel uh, like Vertigo, and you're missing like that tone. Yeah, this is where you're gonna find it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a fun book. Uh, I recommend it. Um, Voodoo. Very weird book. <laughs> I love this book. I do. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, she definitely has her own code of ethics. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, so, man, where do I begin? So, in the last issue, uh, she sort of killed the the detective who was trying right. to get information from her and uh, took over his so she's a voodoo's a shapeshifter so she shapeshifts into this guy an alien shapeshifter right? an alien yeah, shapeshifter okay. and um so okay first issue she's working at a strip club trying to get information <laughs> from military soldiers and you know p- police officers and she does that she realizes that they're on to her she uh, kills the detective, takes on his persona, and then in the beginning of the first issue, <laughs> you get the impression that she sleeps with that uh, agent's partner. So, uh, yeah, that's just, who is a female? Who is a female? <laughs> kind of crazy. But you know what, though? If you are on the run from the cops and you can shapeshift, you might do the same thing. Who yeah. knows? I don't know. I don't even know how this creature perceives sexuality. So. I, I, think, I think it's... 
it's alien, so it right. Well, you know, I mean, it could be like totally a, different. The character Liara from Mass Effect. She comes from a race of just females, so they don't even have like notions of gender. Right. And it's like they they bring this up with the scrolls. If you can change your shape, then the whole idea of gender kind of flies out the window. You yeah. Can just be whatever you feel like being, or whatever your partner feels like you being. Um. So the first <laughs> issue spent a lot of time with uh, with voodoo in lot of no clothes at all right. <laughs> this issue spends a lot of time uh with clothes on which right. is cool you also get to see a different side of her you know she's actually pretty smart she's yeah. clever she outsmarts people and um we she's using see her in combat which is interesting yes it is interesting and um you realize like i mean that, that there's some pretty crazy people after her so it's 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 gearing up to be a pretty interesting story i think it's a lot of fun is um, it noirish no. Or is it more of an adventure book? Is it more a crime it's, book? What, it's more a crime book. Yeah. You know, in the sense that, you know, Ron <coughs> Mars' Witchblade, it's it's kind of similar to that. Okay. It's got, like, these uh, very, very crime crime book, CSI-ish tones. It's okay. not quite, like, hard-boiled or anything. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, say so that. So it's like Zatanna. Zatanna's book. It's a, it's a lot. Of. It's a lot heavier than that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's less fun. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I n- less fun in the sense that it's not as light. Right. No, it's not, not as yeah. light. It's still a good book, though. It's, it's a wrong. dark. It's a darker book. It's de- dealing with a lot more mature uh, mm. ideas. So I, th- I think it's interesting. I think it's a lot of fun. Not for the kids. Nope. Definitely not for kids. Nope. Um, but I think that Ron Mars has a really good idea, and and I hope that some people that are mature enough to read this book look beyond the fact that she. Is you know right. yeah sure. the art is gorgeous yeah I mean it, it's it, uh, Sammy uh, Basri Basri is incredible like it, it's, it's very minimalistic backgrounds but the characters are incredibly detailed and the um, emotions like the yeah. way he captures emotions and their facial expressions is perfect mm-hmm. like it's absolutely incredible so I loved it Teen Titans number two yes yes what did you think I liked it um I. I like the tone of this book. I like the fact that none of these kid or adolescent superheroes really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're they're naive, not just naivete, but their inexperience really shines through in this book. You feel like they're they're scraping through these encounters like by the skin of their teeth every time. <laughs> what do you think of Tim's wings? Are they? I don't on hate you them. Yet? Yeah, no? I, I don't. I never hated them in the first place. I think it's still a little strange. Oh, weird. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little I like, weird. I like, uh, yeah, like, let's Turns look at Dick Falcon. Grayson's original costume. Like, you know, it's kind of like. things, too. <laughs> that was, like, appropriate for the times, though. Yeah, but. So was the hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's different. Like, nobody, nobody actually wears wings. People actually yeah. wore disco suits. Well, I suppose that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, even, like, Tim Drake's original Robin costume was pretty much just the Dick Grayson costume with pants. <laughs> Um, but cooler. Yeah, a little bit cooler. It was a little little edgier, a little hipper. Um, less elfin shoes. So what did you like about this? Like, if you had to give it a, a like out said, of five. I think the, oh, I'd say four. Yeah? Um, I'm not huge on the art, to be honest. I'm not crazy about Brett Booth either. The art is kind of, it's very um, Ian Churchill. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very like from hey, the school of Jim Lee. Yeah, the school of Jim Lee. Ian Churchill's meticulous. I think Ian Churchill is meticulous, but I also think that it's kind of derivative. Yeah, he draws and lots of poses. Yeah. But, I mean, I love the personalities. I think all the kids in that have great personalities. I think uh, Wonder Girl especially, and I'm only calling her that because I can't remember her real name, but, um, is, is really being fleshed out. I think that she is really conflicted in some very interesting ways. Like uh, Tim Drake kind of 
ribs her for having a very feminine room and a very feminine house, despite this like tough outer mm-hmm. shell that she puts out. So it's interesting to see her clashing with trying to be tough and still trying and still being like a teenage girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, All Star Western number two. Uh, the hits just keep on coming. I love this book. This book is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so we've got it's it's actually a two part book. Uh, yeah, the, the I was a little first... disappointed by that, to be honest. Really? Because I preferred the uh, El Diablo story really? to the Jonah Hex story. I liked here. the Jonah Hex story a yeah. lot more. Um, <laughs> I think Jonah Hex and Amadeus Arkham have an amazing, like, straight man, funny man dynamic to them. I think it's very interesting <laughs> because he's still trying to psychoanalyze Jonah Hex. Right. And uh, he's not getting anywhere no. with it, which is which is pretty funny. And I think it, like I think Jonah Hex still really scares him. So there's a scene after uh, Hex interrogates this one guy who, yeah. you know, tries to kill them. Right. And then uh, after the interrogation, spoiler, Jonah Hex just like gun to the head, yeah. shoots a guy and Arkham's sort of like um, was that really necessary? Yeah. Like, what's says, going you, you on? You said you were going to help that guy. And Hex yeah. Goes, yeah, I helped He's him like, die yeah, faster. Yeah, I helped him die faster. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's a little violent, you know. Uh, oh, it's but, very violent. But it's a... It's Palmiotti a Gray book. Yeah, but it's still a solid, solid book. And... I think it's... I think the past of Gotham is getting really interesting. Yeah. There is a... I won't spoil what it is, but there is a device that's brought up in this book that I feel like is really silly. It's very... I didn't like it when it first came up many years ago, and I don't like it now. Yeah. But the story is solid enough that I'm willing to overlook it. So uh, the Lords of Crime uh, have sort of taken over the Gotham. That is a silly name for a criminal organization. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I mean, Brotherhood it's... of Evil Mutants. Well, I <laughs> or don't like know. Masters I... of Evil. It's like no... Get... Don't call you, yourself evil. Yeah, yeah like no organization the... would see themselves as criminals. They would like call themselves Money the liberators. Lords of Order. Yeah. Or they would call themselves like the New World Order or like... The, uh, yeah, I don't know. Something. They wouldn't call themselves the lords of crime. But um, <laughs> they so so their plans are sort of coming together, and yeah. they they realize that what what they have to do in order to take over Gotham and, and right. manipulate every other criminal organization, and, I mean, and that's cool. Like, and their plan is solid. It's a really cool, really neat. You just hate plan. their name. I just hate that name. That's fair. It's silly, but the it but, is silly. as I said, the book is good enough that it does not get to me. <laughs> um. So so El Diablo is uh is a guy who is possessed by a demon but he's got to be like passed out in order for the demon to wake up and also like the demon is like zoro with a whip it's i kind of love it though it's not like a demon i though. don't know it's... i loved it uh jordy burnett's the artist he's awesome in the el diablo part of the book i think it's absolutely yeah. gorgeous no, I like it the reminds story. me of uh uh um ranger uh no new frontier i'm thinking darwin cook yes it, yeah, a little really? bit. Yeah, I think <laughs> I it's a, it. the. I think it's, it's a thick lines and I don't know more well, color. Think, okay, you know I can. I can see that. Yeah, I don't it, know the inking. It's, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. It's a, it's a good story. I actually liked it better than the All Star Western like main story. Hmm. But that's just that was just my preference. <laughs> I was the other Still, way around on it. I, I liked to read. I liked, yeah, uh, absolutely. You should definitely read that. I liked the El Diablo story, but I really liked the All Star Western. Yeah, more. It, I mean it's it, it's being fleshed out, yeah. so it's, it's it's getting pretty exciting. Uh, New Avengers or Secret, Secret Avengers eighteen. I love it. Yeah, I love Warren Ellis. <laughs> I love all that he does. Oh, so good. I'm 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 kind of bummed that I haven't been on the podcast to talk about this yet. Yeah. Um, and this is issue. 
three that he's done? Third issue that he's done? I think it might be the fourth. Fourth issue? Third okay. or fourth, yeah. Um, despite how it looks on the cover, that is not Electra. I think that is a very, <laughs> that is a yeah, very feminine-looking Shang-Chi on yeah. the cover. Yeah, I immediately <laughs> thought of Electra when I saw that, because of the head band. That's exactly yeah, that who I thought it was, too. Yeah. Although and, that, and the squinting, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the art is beautiful. The interior art, on the other hand, is yeah, gorgeous. So it's uh, David Aja who did Iron Fist. Yes. Um, he kind of worked half with Kano, but he did the better half Iron Fist with Brubaker. Wrote yes. It. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, his art, it's, it, there's a lot of subtleties to it. I would actually um, compare it almost a mix between Cliff Chang mm-hmm. and uh, David Acuna a yeah. little bit. I can see that. Yeah. Um, and, but this the, reminds me of Francis. Yeah, so it's a little painterly style, and David yeah. Kuru obviously mm-hmm. is painterly. Uh, so it's not, it's like strokes instead of fine lines mm-hmm. yeah. for the inking. There's almost no visible line work in right. this art. <laughs> right. Uh, the writing, though, so you, uh, the, the fun uh, part about Secret Avengers, as Warren Ellis writes it, um, and you kind of see it through his pattern of writing, because, I mean, dude is, to be honest, kind of a lazy writer at times, because <laughs> uh, he's like so brilliant. He's, he he's lazy with his mainstream stuff. He, he basically cannibalizes his indie sure. stuff uh, to make yeah, his mainstream stuff. And he said about this in his blog before. Yeah. He's, taken, he's taken like scripts he's written like just on his time, like, oh, maybe I can put this in Avengers. Right. Maybe I can pop this in uh, Ultimate, you know, Fantastic Four or whatever, or uh, Ultimate Nightmare. So yeah. Oof, that was this is him too. writing Planetary over and over again. <laughs> It's 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 exact same thing. So if you read Planetary and it's a great series, um, it's the same thing except Steve Rogers gets to play you know uh, the Elijah Snow character, yeah. and then like you have basically Beast playing the drummer character. So all his stories work in some way. They're all standalone, all incredibly fantastical, and you not like how is this. Actually, happening in the Marvel universe, right? Doesn't really matter. Well, as Tony has pointed story. out, like this is what the covert Avengers would be doing. They'd be sure. doing these things where if the if the plot came to light, the public would just panic. They would be like, like a we're state talking of every issue panic. is potentially world destroying. Yeah, but also every issue goes through the same arc. So you have yeah. starting in the middle of the story, so it jumps right in the action. <laughs> then you have a cut between the action and the explanation, which is a very High level. Here is some crazy thing I read in a physics book. Right, Warren Ellis right? is or like an insane book, right? futurist. Exactly. Like right? he, so he, yeah, and you have that in like three pages. And in this case, it's Beast explaining it. And like in the previous issue where they have the underground city, same thing. Right. Then you have more action. I like that there is a tie to um, the previous Secret Avengers. The uh, mm. the like, what's the name of the organization uh, with the serpent with the evil Nick Fury. Um, Oh, um, the, in the beginning of the series. Well, yeah, yes, right. That's that's the villain yeah. in this book too. Um, and there was a, a quick reference to them repurposing like broken people, right. like the, the Nick Fury. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, it's it ends abruptly with a quip. Yeah. <laughs> Always ends with a quip. Um, and so, it is very formulaic in that way, but so reliable. And but so it's a good fun. formula. Norm, yeah. you are so funny. You just spent a lot of time making me not want to read this book. Oh, no. <laughs> like, that's, that's, you're like, this is so good. However, however, <laughs> it's exactly like planetary. So, has, so should I buy it? Then? I mean, it's not, yeah, sus- it's not suspenseful. That's the thing. Cause like, yeah. and obviously it's cause I mean, for one thing, commander Rogers is still in it. Like captain America. Right. Is, so, you know, that the things there are, are going to no, work out. There are out. no consequences, but unless you know that they're not going to, Acquire the trans matter that's going to destroy the world. Right, Ellis's, right? Ellis's like I don't even want to call it pseudoscience because I don't know how based in reality it is. But 
the man, and we kind of got, uh, had a few words about this, but let's continue that discussion. I think Warren Ellis does weird sci-fi, like off-the-wall sci-fi better than almost anyone else. Like, and, and you know what? If you compare him, because we're before the podcast, we're comparing, we're saying, uh, oh, he's kind of like Hickman, right? Yeah. Hickman does weird sci-fi. Hickman's weird sci-fi is so shallow yeah. in that he just has names for it. It's called the city. Right. The people. <laughs> it's called the truth. Yeah. That's called, you know, and, and it's the same thing with his shield book, right? Everything right. is like very the, very absolute. Right. To, to <laughs> it's, give like it a, it's like the Dan Brown of comics, that shield right? book. <laughs> but it's just shallow because it's, he's just saying, he's telling you, oh, this, these people are powerful. Right. This, this thing means something. Ellis like explains the weird science behind his like weird yeah. science fiction. And as pseudoscience <laughs> as it might be, at least then you can still be like, wow, okay, that's, that's making me think about things a little differently. It's like, like yeah, what if there was trans-dimensional matter? matter? Yeah, exactly. It has different <laughs> properties and it was brought into our world. Yeah. How, how would that change? Yeah. Not just, oh, a it's city was built matter. in three days <laughs> and, and these people hyper-evolutionize and now can destroy the ultimates. Which is a cool idea, but it, it, it could be a little bit more developed. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. yeah, I love Warren Ellis. Uh, read his books. Despite his outward appearances, this actually blew my mind. Warren Ellis is 41. Really? Yeah. What? He looks, yeah. much, hey. he looks much older. He, than well, yeah. the man drinks like a fish and smokes like a chimney, so that <laughs> probably ages him quite a bit. I but like, a lot of people put him in the same. I swear like, he's forty-one or like forty-two. Or same he's in category. His early 40s. I mean, he he is a peer of Neil Gaiman and yeah. peer of Grant Morrison. Yeah. But a lot of people put him in almost the Alan Moore. Right. Well, because he's a stature. He's got right? a huge beard and he's British. Exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, that surprised me. Yeah, no, it shocked me too because I remember uh, I was talking with my wife and she has a friend who's met Warren Ellis and she met him like 10 or so years ago and she was like, when he was in his 30s and I was like, he was in his 30s 10 years ago? That's, I thought the man was in his late 60s. That's the thing. I, I, I met him <laughs> once at a book signing in, in Berkeley 10 years ago, 2002, mm-hmm. almost 10 years ago and dude looked 40 then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's, you know, he, he wrote like Age of Apocalypse books. Like he's been writing in comics since like the, mid 90s so it is kind of weird not to think about which is fine which yeah it's fine and he makes no compunctions about it I remember I think um, it was on the screened podcast they were talking about going to the comic con where when Red was coming out yeah and every time someone asked him about it and they were like the person who was asking about it was like trying to be smug you know and be like oh what's it like seeing this movie up on screen that's nothing like your book and he would apparently just sit back and cackle at the top of his lungs and just repeat they paid me so much money over and yeah, over again. That's why Red Two is coming out <laughs> exactly. in 2013. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, yeah, I remember him saying something about how he didn't really care yeah. that it was different because his book is still the original material. Right. He still was able to publish his story. His book still And then exists. if somebody wants to adapt that and just completely change it, then fine. Yeah, a nice yeah, fat helps you know, him so he can continue working. <laughs> working. Right. And so you have this really interesting parallel between him and Mark Miller, both guys kind of writing <laughs> for Hollywood now. Right. Yeah. But. One, the quality of one is clearly superior to the quality of the other. Which is odd, because I would actually say, in terms of comic books, it's reversed. <laughs> what do you mean? Do you think Millar's is better? I think Millar's movies are better than the ones that Ellis has been involved with. <laughs> Debatable. I, I would say Millar's a better com- or, uh, Ellis is a better comic writer. Oh, yeah. But I actually no, like I'm Mark Millar. I'm, I might be the only person in the room who actually likes Mark Millar as a comic writer. Guilty pleasures. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Guilty, guilty Old Man Logan is fun. Oh no, man, that movie, that no, book not. is sick. I just love it's that horrible. Book. I remember Superior that was the is fun. Yeah, Old Man Logan is. Lazy. It was bombastic. Oh, lazy! How dare you? And uh, and Kickass is lazier still. <laughs> really? Do you really think that? Because when I first started working here, mm-hmm. Tony gave me the whole Old Man Logan 
like all of the books mm-hmm. and he's like read them mm-hmm. and i did and i struggled Oof. just because i hated it so much Ouch. i'm like how could this guy this guy is disgusting i adore old and then man i got logan. to the end and i was really grossed out <laughs> I think uh, Old Man Logan is one of the best Wolverine books to come out in a really long time. Ugh. I'll be honest. That's fine. I really, I, I dug that book okay, so the, much. The, I mean, okay, and there's there's also a bit of uh, the hype that he puts in his books, right. kind of taints the quality of his books, and he hyped Old Man Logan as the Dark Knight Returns of for Wolverine. Yeah, but people said the same thing not. about Spider-Man Reign. <laughs> like, and it's like, no, it isn't. And, and, and I mean, guess what? The Dark Knight Returns isn't as good as people remember it. No, it, it, you're wrong. Uh-oh. You are wrong. I make with the laugh. The laugh gets him every time. I'm sorry. You are you wrong. Hate, you I know you hate okay. Frank Miller. Oh. Dark Knight Strikes Again <laughs> oh. is not good. Period. Dark oh. Return, you know, before Dark Knight Returns, there were, the pearls weren't there in, in, Bruce, in Bruce Wayne's story. Really? The, the I'm white, not saying it's a bad book. Don't get me wrong. It, I just think it's it, overrated. <laughs> but it completely changed I, I Batman. It completely changed Batman. Yes, that's true. And it brought this new the quality of writing of, of at least the dialogue in All-Star Batman and Robin is comparable to the quality no, of the no, reason no, like no, Okay, no, listen, no. listen, listen. The reason the reason that today we have I'm going to get like, so much hate mail. It's yeah, hilarious. Well, the reason that today we have the the Arkham City video game and it's such a huge <laughs> success is because it can be attributed to Frank Miller's Batman. Yes sure, and no. Sure. And, and, okay, I think we're arguing different things because Corey isn't, you're not dismissing the relevance, no, the cultural relevance. No, absolutely and, not. And, and also how that book influenced, it's influenced. Yeah, sure. no. Not, and, but you're saying as a piece of writing, story and dialogue wise, you are not impressed with it. And it is comparable okay. to All-Star Batman. I ding, disagree ding, ding. with that because <laughs> while there are bits of Dark Knight Returns that are glib, uh, it is a better book, don't get me wrong. Like, do not mistake. I'm saying it is a much better book than All-Star. As a writer, <laughs> Frank Miller has degraded and been, and been very <laughs> lazy about writing. If you read Dark Knight Returns again, there is so much density in that book. I actually think that All-Star may be tainting my memories of Dark Knight. Because I've read Dark Knight recently, and I see so much of, like, the embryonic All-Star Batman and Robin. Like, I see the seeds planted. And he has said that All-Star Batman and Robin is the origin story of Dark Knight Returns. He has come out and said that, and that is unfortunate. <laughs> because now I can't help but compare the two books and, like, but link it's them. it's fine, because yeah, it's never, it's never been finished. <laughs> right. so. The tone, and a lot of it has to do with the art, too, because yeah. the Jim Lee art didn't match that writing. New. At all. New. Um, it was but like Frank Batman Miller's R.I.P. art... <laughs> In Dark Knight Returns, the art Again, is great. The art holds up before he, before he before he. No, you know. the art holds up remarkably well. I think Frank Miller is a better artist than he is a writer. I will be honest. Because there's actually a story there. There's actually a a, a story that goes through <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns. But there's just like Frank Miller's aside from Batman coming back. Right, Frank Miller's like weirdness and his like now he's writing Holy Terror, which is like this hideous racist like piece of well, okay. propaganda there but like no... and now it's like the weird swastikas that have always popped out throughout his books are now like getting weird as he as his books become kind of more and more a little bit racist it's like those swastikas now like start to be like why are there swastikas all over this guy's book <laughs> i mean it's unfortunate because what he's doing now is tainting his legacy i think but if you read holy tower as just propaganda <sighs> it's really not that bad okay <laughs> like i i think that if you if you are going to like, if he wants to do, like, what Starship Troopers did, and it was, like, a send-up, 
then that's fine. But I get the, I kind of get the, the book impression of the that, movie, uh, the the movie. Like okay. like I, it was extremely offensive. <laughs> as, as a satire. Yeah, as a, as a, as basically a propaganda film for a war that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it was extremely offensive. Right. Holy terror! But I think that there are good things about it. Mm. I don't know. Fair enough. Like no, there's plenty. There's enough. plenty of there's plenty of bad stuff about it. You know, right. there's no exploration of like. Um, Islam as right. as being a peaceful religion. Right. You know, there's this this whole the whole perception of Islam in that book is that all you know Muslims are terrorists. The end. You know, that's like that's the perception that you get when you first read it. However, I think that there are things and there are qualities that mm, he explores that are interesting, and the art is pretty. Right. Like I think that the panel structure is pretty. I think that there are certain things that he does that are good, but there's I will absolutely, yeah, it's definitely racist and pretty offensive, and that's. I will absolutely never dismiss Frank Miller's influence on the comics industry, especially on Batman. But even like I, I wrote an article about this when I first started working here about how he basically he didn't invent, but he kind of perfected comic book pacing. Like in a fight, there's no dialogue. If you want, like, because he basically controls the reader's eye in a very expert way, and it's really funny when you. Uh, when you combine him with Chris Claremont for that Wolverine book, you can tell that Claremont did the writing because all the fight scenes have just walls of text in them. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. this is not how Miller does things. It used to drive me crazy. <sighs> drove me crazy, too. I actually read that book now, and I just skip over all the like text in battles, and it reads like a really good Frank Miller book. I don't book. know where we, how we got to this. <laughs> I don't because we're talking about Mark Miller <laughs> right? and what our differences in opinion are. Right. Mark but Miller no, like, let it be known, I think The Dark Knight Returns Wallace. had an amazing impact on comics and especially on Batman. But I mean, you also still had Denny O'Neill. Is it Denny O'Neill? Yeah. I'm thinking of drawing a much darker Batman even before Dark Knight came out. Like A Death in the Family predates Dark Knight, doesn't it? think so and that was a horrible book well it was really bad but the art is good <laughs> and the and like the darkness of tone was it's not that dark if you you should reread it no it's pretty campy okay actually <laughs> i know joker it's becomes like, like it's the like batman Iran, batman is... shows up at joker's like house and he's right. like p.s i'm gonna kick your ass excuse me and then he leaves like why did you show up <laughs> just to tell him that you were going to hurt the Joker? Well, certainly more of the art than I will talk about, rather than the writing. Yeah, uh, it has a bit of a darker tinge. It was to just—it's it. actually pretty silly. Yeah. Anyway, anyway so uh, <laughs> uh, we got off on a proper tangent. Back, back to comics from this week: The Mighty Thor, Fear Itself, Issue Seven. It's uh, Matt Fraction. Uh, how was it? Oh, uh, it's good. It's basically telling the story of what Odin did to his brother. Yeah. Oh, fun. And so. It, it's kind of required reading if you want the backstory from Fear Itself. For Fear Itself, yeah. Um, it's good storytelling. It's Matt Fraction without being too... Uh, the problem, again, oh, God, and Fraction and Hickman kind of do the same thing. Is that they, <laughs> they kind of are taking too many liberties with Thor, mm-hmm. and, and everyone's wanting to reinvent Asgard, Asgard and Thor for their own purposes, um, and kind of like do it in a way that, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's almost like they shouldn't be writing. They, Matt Fraction doesn't feel like like he should write. He writes better Iron Man than he does, than he does Thor. In I don't. Movie. I don't like his Thor. Mm. Yeah, it's like Thor. Since he did such a good job with Thor and Earth and the stuff with Lorne and uh, who is the um, what is that creative team? Oh, guy. Kieran Gillen. Kieran no. Gillen also he was does awesome. great Thor stuff. Yeah, I think Straczynski's um, Thor was some yeah. of the best. No, Straczynski's <laughs> Thor and, and but the the way this uh, is written. Oh, I forgot the creative team now. Oh, it's the one who did the, the Ultimates Fantastic Four with Thanos. Oh, um, um oh, God, why can't I remember his name? Mike Carey. Mike Carey. And, um, yeah. Who's the artist? 
it, that really like it was the Ender's Game artist. Um, yes, they they work together a lot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel like this is is that actually the same artist? Who's, who wrote through that art? Fairy. Oh yeah, Pascal Fairy. Yeah, that yeah. is that it is. is the same. Yeah, artist. so that's why I wanted my <laughs> I want my character to write this book, and Matt Fraction wrote it. Uh, it's fine. I mean, because it, it's tied to fear itself. Right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Pascal Fairy and Mike Carey do great. It's beautiful. I loved their it's fans. a very, it's very pretty. They're all very, very pretty book. Uh, Green Lantern: New Guardians number two. Tony Bedard, Tyler Kirkman, Harvey Tolibau. Um, I, I love the it? Green Lantern saga. Period. Jeff Johns did so much to just yeah. reinvigorate that whole series mm-hmm. and every book tied to that series. Whether you're talking about, you know. Um, Green Lantern core or and, and also all the other core books now. This is the weakest one of the reboots. Green Lantern oh, and Green Lantern really? core are weaker better. than core. I, I, I consider core kind of a weak book. So this focuses on Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner, yes. which Kyle which Rayner. I should mention, <laughs> which I should mention shows up at the end of or spoiler, uh, second issue of Voodoo. Right, that was kind of oh. weird. So <laughs> so like I haven't read funny, New Guardians. The whole time you were talking about like the mature storytelling and how it's like for sort of a more. Mm-hmm. mature audience crowd I was just thinking about that last panel I was like I really hope that keeps and, up and I'm kind of scared for Ron Mars uh, because of his history with Kyle Rayner and like the reception that he's received uh, in the past but anyway mm-hmm. so in this book New Guardians it is Kyle Rayner plus all the other like kind of leads from the other uh, core the other, mm-hmm. other Lantern Corps yeah. and you have the Ganthet story kind of like what, what happened at the end of the Green Lantern for war, uh, what happened again that revealed in this book, it pales in comparison to the previous New Guardians, which was in the Green Lantern proper book when it was Hal Jordan and um, and Carol and Saint Walker and and those New Guardians and, right. and and Sinestro and working together. That was great. Here, it's a little bit of a mess, and I mm. think they don't know what to do with Cal Rayner just yet. At the end, something big happens to him. Kind of reminds me of when he was Ion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah boy, whatever happened to that? <laughs> I mean, I know what happened to Kyle Rayner being Ion, but whatever happened to a Yam Sadat? Uh, he went to his, the sun of his planet huh. and uh, is powering the sun. So they poochied him, basically. Well, I have so to go. Turned, My planet needs me. He turned into <laughs> Superman. I mean, Superman did the same thing. Um, <laughs> and he is technically, in, uh, I guess, before the reboot in uh, DC history, he right. is the last Green Lantern also. Oh, right, according to the prophecy from when Alan Moore used to write superhero books <laughs> way back when. Does Kyle Rayner remind you of uh, Dick Grayson as a Green Lantern? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, totally. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. It's not yeah. just the hair, either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, he was always kind of the fun, quote-unquote, Green Lantern. The acrobatic yeah. Green Lantern. Yeah, exactly. In his mind. <laughs> his mind, mind acrobatic. Well, I, I liked the fact that he made really cool and unique constructs instead of, like, making a giant green boxing glove. Which well, I li- that that like, that's but my he biggest really problem have with personality. Yeah. What was his personality? In, in, in I mean, he was, was his biggest personality. Like his his personality was slamming a can of Mountain Dew and being extreme to the max, dude. Like no, his personality, <laughs> in the nineties it was. Wait, did this happen? <laughs> not, not like right. His personality recently. was to be a buddy for for Wally West. Right. In Justice League, was to be the new kid, put <laughs> in a room full of grown-ups. Right. Talking Batman, Superman, and then he came of age when. People around him started dying right. a lot, <laughs> and uh, now he really has no truck. personality. Like he has no relationship. He's like lost like, now, yeah. which is kind of his personality. I kind of wish they would actually play it up, like because that could be 
a personality is like not knowing what to do with himself and being like Guy Gardner is so much more interesting. Ugh, don't get me started on Guy Gardner. But is, wait, are you being <laughs> facetious? No, I'm not, I'm not. I love Guy Gardner. Oh, really? Do you know that yeah. Guy Gardner started out as a parody? Do you yeah, think? no, no, I, I, <laughs> which I is think, great. I think that what they I did love. with the Guy Gardner, what he was in the '90s, and what they did, did what Jeff Johns and you know Peter J. Right. Fox did with him throughout the entire. You I know, think he is absolutely insufferable. <laughs> oh, he is. I think he is in. Why? Why? Do you, why? <laughs> I'm on a hater, uh, hater rant yeah. today. Um, I, I guess it's just because he's like the obnoxious frat boy of the Green and he Lantern. Is, he is court. obnoxious, and it's like, why would they give him like one of those powerful weapons in the right. universe? Where, what makes him stand out? And it's always been like, like you know, what they're like four humans as Green Lanterns when there's so many <laughs> sectors in the universe, right? Right, and they're all on Earth, and like they, it, I mean, the I, whole power differential, right? Yeah, but. He has proved himself to be such a leader, and he has so much heart, and that was, has shown in the Green Lantern I mean, if, books. if it's his job to be insufferable, then he's a great character, because <laughs> I find him utterly insufferable. Um, but uh, more to the point, yeah, like there are four freaking human Green Lanterns. So yeah, it is hard for someone like Kyle Rayner to stand out, and that could be yeah. an when, interesting story, him trying the, to find his place. The whole point of him being Green Lantern in the first place was because there were no Green Lanterns. Right. He was the torchbearer or the ringbearer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ultimate issue number three. This is Hickman uh, and Rickbick. Speaking of Hickman. So, <sighs> so uh, no, oh. Oh, so I sigh because just like, okay, when Marvel created the Ultimates and when Mark Miller architected, I'm going to use that word because that's a Marvel word. Oh, why not? Right, Marvel <laughs> architects, whatever. When Mark Miller ar- with Brian Hitch architected the Ultimate line, it was supposed to be, here's what superheroes would be like in the real world. Right. That's always been Mark Miller's like thing. Right? Yes. And here's how, and, and same with Bendis, bringing Ultimate Spider-Man. Here's, not only is it a retelling of Peter Parker, here's how people really react. And yes, there are big things that happen. You have gods and you have big events and those are staples of the ultimate universe. But they're still grounded in reality. Kind, kind of, right? And you yeah. have, sure, you have Ultimatum. You have, you have you know, <laughs> New York being destroyed and right. stuff like that and like DC being attacked and, and stuff. I mean, that, I that's, that's perfectly okay. Yeah. Perfectly okay. Um, when Jeff Lev took over Ultimates and Ultimates 2, it was... Ultimates 3, I think. Ultimates 3, you're right. Ultimates 3. It got a little... It was crazy Asgardian stuff. Way more yeah. mythological. And you, so you had, like, not only did you have Valkyrie in there, you also had um, this, the people from Power Princess, basically, from the Supreme Power Universe. Right. Right. And so you have, like, larger-than-life stories that almost fit better in... Marvel traditional Marvel universe. I think I think I think I think uh, I I think more highly of Ultimates three than most, and even I recognize that it is a powerfully flawed book. Yep. I think because it has really cool ideas, and that is something that lately Jeff Loeb has done very well. Is he has great ideas, but his execution and he's is very slow. Flat. I mean, his execution is slow. Yeah. Uh, you have to read his. See, take a step back and kind of read that arc and as a whole. It's, it's funny because I think that was one of the reasons why Ultimates 3 kind of fell flat because he only had five issues to tell what should have been a right. ten-issue series. There, there are a bunch of tie-ins, too. Yeah. And then when they did New Avengers, basically, or right. new, the, the Ultimate Avengers, Avengers Ultimates, yeah. um, that was kind of a return to form for the Ultimates universe. Oh, you had was Mark like, Miller back on it. Right, and it was kind of like kind of some crazy stuff. So, like, here's War Machine, and here's, like, Smart Brutes Banner and stuff right. like that. Right, here's Red but Skull. <laughs> it was still kind of like... Back to what happens if what would happen if Captain America was brought back in the real in modern day, that kind of stuff. Um, what Hickman's doing with Ultimates now, absurd. <laughs> Just he's gone off the rails. He is like in three issues, in two issues, because this is the third issue. In two issues, 
he's destroyed Asgard. Right. <laughs> killed a bunch of gods. Right. And, and basically, like, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. And, and then sent, like, and then also built this, like, new race of people who are, like, more powerful than any of the gods. Right. You lose a sense of, like, the superhuman arms race, which was what Ultimates was always about, the ongoing theme, about here are superhumans in a modern world, and right. it's a new arms race. And I mean, and yeah, especially the political you know, repercussions of that. Ultimates 2 did that amazingly. Yeah. With the, like, the liberators. Yeah. And so you had the European, um, you know, the super, basically, uh, uh, what are they called? Right. Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah. exactly. Uh, Ultimates version of Excalibur. Wiped out just like that. Yeah. Again, it's like, stop calling the ultimate universe, damn it. It doesn't need to be called anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there, you can tell interesting stories with these characters, as opposed to, like, let's put all, let's put Thor, Iron Man, and Nick Fury, and, you know, the new uh, Black Widow, in, hel- in, in a fleet of helicarriers, right. throw them at this city. That are getting blown up. And then have, show how powerful the city is hey, by having hey, them yeah. all killed and destroyed. Six, and, and throw numbers like, oh, 60,000 people died right. or something. It's, it's like the whole how Wolverine, it's, it's the whole Wolverine slash Worf syndrome, where it's like these characters exist and they have a reputation for being a badass. But that reputation only extends insofar as so that when a new character is introduced and they like beat the crap out of Wolverine or Worf or yeah. whoever, it shows like, wow, that person's way more badass. But you can only do that a certain number of times before yep. it's like, maybe he's not such a big badass if these like newbies keep beating <laughs> beating him the senseless. Yeah. Even but, though um, the vampire arc for the Ultimates and New Avengers was, and Steve Dillon was not the right person to draw that, but mm-hmm. even that I think it's better. Than, I, than this. I think this book has some interesting ideas, but again, it's just it's too much going on too at once. Ideas. I don't have like a too sense of who any of these people and are. And it's so Hickman. It's the city, the yeah. people. You can like the s- founders, and like it's not, is it in this issue? Or I think it's a previous issue where they like he tells a history of right. the city. They're it's like just, super evolved, yeah. like hyper. They live at uh, this hyper fast rate, so like they pass ten thousand years in three days or something. Yeah. When Warren Ellis and Mark Miller were writing Ultimate stuff. Iron Man only had, like, limited amount of money. He could mm-hmm. only build one armor. He needed dudes to help him get in his armor. Right. Right? And it's not like... He was constantly Marvel. drunk, which was always Well, funny. that was kind of explained in the... Why he needed to be right, drunk. Right, because he's in, in constant pain, but it was still yeah, funny. Exactly, because his body is brain. <laughs> so this right? is two out there. Two out there is, like, Iron Man has tons of armor. He has, like, the remote control stuff. It's... You could also swap out almost any character for any other character of, like, a comparable power level. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting a sense for any of their personalities. I love the ideas. I like... I like... The the art is actually really good. <laughs> and I like what I'm seeing, but I don't like what I'm reading, how, so to speak. How's Captain Britain? Because I remember... Dead. Dead. Oh, he died? <laughs> that, yeah. that was what we were talking about. Yeah. The whole, they wiped Excalibur. out Excalibur. In yeah, like and it was supposed pages. to be, like, their... Wait, know, but European he just came arm. back, I thought. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and, and really you know, it weak. also extends. Spoiler. Yeah. It well, extends last to the year, uh, Ultimate Hawkeye book. Yeah. Also, oh. um, which I actually really liked. That's actually a Hickman book that I can get behind. But it, again, it doesn't feel like an Ultimates book. You know, what felt like an I Ultimates think it book? does. I think it feels more like it because there's only one character, so you get a bigger sense you know, for his personality. You get more of a character. Instead Mark of Miller. Or no, Jason Aaron. I'm sorry, Jason Aaron's Ultimate Captain America. That. I don't think I read that. That was the one where it was ultimate, uh, the Captain America of Vietnam. And no, I definitely didn't read that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> it's it's not a bad book. It's not. Well no, yeah, exactly, universe. exactly. Um, and it's funny because I actually just read the two first Ultimate Avengers book uh, trades, and I really yeah. liked both of those. It's, it's weird because you, you it's, it's supposed to be the same universe. I mean, Nick Fury is obviously the tying factor, right? But it's supposed to be the same universe as Ultimate Spider-Man 
Right. And now the Ultimate X-Men, new Ultimate And those books are so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys like Ultimate X-Men? I love it. Oh, yeah. I love the direction of with it. Yeah. Oh, that chills at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love Kitty Pride in that book. Yeah. She's incredible. Well, the whole narration, it's like this chronicle. Yeah. Her story, mm-hmm. and it, it sets a tone ah. for everything that should be right about. I mean, all, all the feared stuff. I mean, I love it that they're like X-Men. they have to live underground, literally which, underground. Which is like, such. I mean, if you think about when Ultimate X Men started, obviously before Magneto destroyed New York, right. they were celebrities. Yeah, when Mark Miller wrote it. It was like they got they were on David Letterman. Yeah, and they were like mutants were the cool thing. Mm-hmm. But once the Ultimate Secret got out, right, like, them dealing with that has been amazing. Yeah, it's the best thing Marvel's done because it's them saying, "Hey, Ultimate is different." Yeah, okay. and that was what Ultimatum did. And I wasn't a big fan of how Ultimatum was sort of panned out, but I love what has happened since Ultimatum. I love that like these B and C listers are now in the spotlight because basically all the A listers were killed. <laughs> all right. Finally. Uh, the Amazing Spider Man. Spider Island is over, ladies She's and gentlemen. 672. So, yeah, part six of Spider Island. Did you like Spider Island? Yeah. Did you think it was good? I thought it was good. Was it Overall, fun? I've been less interested. It's the time kind of books, like, uh, I like Dan Slott, but... The time books were hit or miss, but I think the, the main story has been very solid. This one is a little confusing, because a lot happened in the tie-in books, and mm-hmm. unlike Fear Itself, you kind of do need to read the tie-in books to know yeah. what's going on. Uh, I mean, they have the recap on the first page, so you, you won't be completely lost. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I really liked this book. I really liked the series. I think Spider Island was neat. Um... Someone who has lived in a house infested by bed bugs, I can tell you, I wish I had gotten superpowers from That's them. That's horrible. It was. It was horrible. It was one of the worst years of my life, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, oh my god. But uh, yeah, no, th- they come up with a really creative solution. Um, oh, I love okay. when Spider-Man uses his brain and not his brawn. Um, well, that's always been Dan Slott's thing. Yeah, right. And it's and great. Like, when when Hulk, it's really always been great. like clever ways to resolve. The scenario. Dan Slott did write that awesome She-Hulk when yeah. she was a lawyer. Oh, yeah. that was so, so good. good. So, so good. <laughs> but yeah, same thing in here. Like, I really love... And you can tell the parallels. Mm-hmm. Right? Kind of taking B, B characters and mm-hmm. B things and long, make things go out of control. Right. A lot of personal relationships that you have to juggle. It, There's also a we- an interesting opening uh, near the middle of this. I don't think it's a spoiler, but I won't mention it anyway. We could potentially have two very different spider titles after this. Oh. I will say. Um, um, yeah. One other thing, and this is kind of broader topic of discussion. So, mm-hmm. the relationships that have kind of like fallen apart or been revamped, right? <laughs> so you have no longer have Peter Parker, Mary Jane, right? No longer have Lois Lane, Superman, right? No longer have Barry Allen, Iris, Iris West, West. Right? Freaking... But do we expect that the, those come back together at the end? Yes, I, I suspect that they will. I'm going to say in light of this, I definitely expect that at the very least uh, there could be a future for Peter and MJ. Sarah says no. I say Sarah no. says no. You should I read this no. then because uh, you'll see what I mean. I don't want to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. they, they could have two very different spider titles after this book. Oh, if, really? if they never get back together, does MJ have a purpose in that <laughs> story? It's <That's> so sad. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, they've actually kind of gone out of their way to make her her own woman, like, since the whole brand new day, one more day. But what is her everything character? Days. I mean, name, like, two characters in the Spider-Man universe where that, that were normal people. Okay, I guess, aside from Aunt May, because she is formulative in his, right. his, his character, um, that, have, like, that have stayed and, and become mainstays of that universe. I mean, there's Jameson. There's okay, so she's the, become a Jameson-type character? 
that role, supporting she role. She needs a personality first. Well, yeah, Corey. that would be the problem, wouldn't it? Um, right. I mean, she it's is a supermodel. Like, I mean, okay. Lest we forget, right, let's, <laughs> supermodels let's, aren't let's, precisely known let's, for let's take Let's take a look at how long she's been around. I would say she... In and th- she still really doesn't have a personality. In this, right? well, again, like... In this, like they, Dan Slot, I think has been working hard to reverse that. Like I think she is his support. Like even when they're not together, she's like there to not just not ground him because that's actually the exact opposite of what she does. She elevates him. Like yeah. she makes him. But but here you're saying that she makes him right. this. <clears throat> yeah, I mean she herself is kind of defined by Spider-Man, unfortunately. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> so, like, I, I, and, so like, I think she would need a solo book, though, in order to, to really grow as a character. Like, we need to see her... Because we never get to see, like, her inner monologue. We never get to see her inner turmoil. We never get to see her go through, like, conflicts. I don't think she needs a solo book to, to have that, though. I mean, there are, like... There are plenty of characters that don't have solo books that, you know, the writers do manage to explore... I mean, I'd say it's kind of, of difficult to like. Too. It's Lois Lane. I would almost say has the same problems. She does have the same problems. Like, she doesn't like, really have any, though, anything and, outside of Superman. And I think that that's the good thing that I uh, that's coming out of Perez's run right. is that you know Lois Lane is, this is, is becoming her own woman. You know, she's the she's, problem is you can define like characters like you can define Mary Jane as like determined. You can def- define, but like you can only define her using generic terms like determined, driven, compassionate. You know. She's there for her friends. She really, like, they, it's interesting. They kind of in the, God, when was this? In the 80s or 70s? When they gave her the backstory of coming from, like, this very dysfunctional family. And so that's why she's, like, this kind of vapid party girl on the outside. Because on the inside, she actually has all this inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. And they never really did anything with that. They haven't done anything with it lately. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I get that it's like you can't keep harping on the fact that she had a terrible childhood. But I don't know. Uh, Norm, what did you think? Do you think that... Uh, these relationships will be... I think that they'll eventually get back together. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I definitely think after this issue that Peter Parker and Mary Jane will get back together. I think they were broken apart so but, that they could eventually break together. It could have been done so much better, but I won't. That's another rant for another day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's actually a big stack of comics yeah. that we... We hadn't. Uh, Some of which are comics that we normally do talk about, like Venom. Yeah, Venom. Somehow none exactly. of us read. So Let's got, tie into You've got uh, yeah. Venom over there, tie into Spider Island. What Nine, else is under it. there? Annihilator's Earthfall, yep. which I love the Annihilators, so mm-hmm. I can't wait to read this. Avengers Solo, Hawkeye. Uh, There's a lot of Hawkeye books. TMNT. Yeah, so TMNT. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. We got Savage Hawkman, which is Tony Daniel and Philip Tan. Um, I've been, I'll admit that, (laughs) like, I've, I've been pretty hesitant to start reading, so I haven't read the first issue because I'm not crazy about, uh, yeah. I'm not really a fan of Hawkman. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Hawkman and Mm. I'm not, uh, such a big fan of Tony Daniel, so I've been Mm. kind of. Tony Salvatore. Yeah, no. Is that his name? Is that his name? Okay. Okay. Spelled out explicitly. Oh, ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, Fury of Firestorm. Um. I'm. I don't care really about. Yeah, Firestorm. I could not give less a damn about Firestorm. Yes. Uh, Legion, New Mutants, Fear itself. Um, it's weird that Fear itself tie-ins are still coming out. <laughs> yeah, Cloak, Cloak and Dagger, Spider Island, and is this like this is the last week for Spider Island tie-ins? I think so. so next month is the epilogue. Yeah. The next Amazing Spider-Man will be the epilogue of Spider Island, but yeah. Uh, the, uh, oh, Azarello's Spaceman, I want to mention this just because it's a number one issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, 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 very weird. Kind of hard to read. Uh, it seems to take place in the future, and there's a lot of very strange slang being thrown around. 
Um, you can kind of auger what they're talking about just based on context, and it's not a badly written book. It is just a book that you have to read with your full concentration. Otherwise, you will not know what like most of the characters are saying. Hello, Doc and Dark Wolverine. Yeah. So I'm the only one who likes this. I kind of like this mystery that is like who's killing people. It's not Doc and even though he's all jacked up on uh, heat. Like uh, steroids or something? <laughs> no, it's, it's some like hallucinogenic that uh, doesn't... That, uh, he's such a, such a rebel. Cancels out his healing factor. Oh, my goodness. No, he is, and it's funny because I actually... He wants to feel the pain. I actually thought I would hate this book and I would hate Dokken, but I, the more I read, the more I actually start to like it. Dokken's <laughs> interesting. He's very different uh, than, than any Marvel character. Deadpool in here? He's, he's, kind of, he's kind of emotional. Got my namesake. No, yeah, he's he's, but he he is and he isn't because yeah. it's like I think he's, it's starting to reveal like the cracks are starting to appear in his personality, which is exactly what I wanted, and he's not like this badass that he pretends to be. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> who's writing that? Williams. Williams. I don't know who okay. Because um, I know for a while it was Marjorie Liu and Rob Williams. And Danny yeah, Ray. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did yeah, a really great doing, job with it. So yeah, they did a good arc. I think actually this is weird. Is he so, doing this? Oh, anyway. I don't know. So um, <laughs> uh, Walking Dead came out this week too. Uh, but <laughs> the comic or the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, both. I mean, the, the comic was out this week, but no, we do have some news about the show. So on to news. Um, so we posted a recap of the second episode. I think Matt did that for us. Um, I saw the first episode. Haven't caught the second episode yet, mainly because I don't have AMC. I don't have cable I have, either. I have, like, a lot of Korean channels, <laughs> but I don't have AMC. It's handy for you. Yes, I know. Um, Being fluent I was gonna in ask, Korean I was going to ask you guys what you thought, but uh, I don't think anybody here is current on uh, Walking Dead. you haven't seen the first episode either. I haven't seen the first episode either. It's all right. Yeah, uh, good. Yeah. good. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard really good things. I want to see it. Um, but uh, the show has been renewed for a third season, two episodes in, which is kind of crazy. Great. Let's see how much more they can slash that budget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of one of their most successful shows. But it was interesting. Like, if you read Matt's recap, um, he, he sort of, he, he goes into how, how, uh, how much of the book they're, you know, they're actually following. And right. it's not that much. No. At all. They, so they it's a lot off, of like, change. I mean, they couldn't. Three of yeah. The first season. Yeah, they, yeah. They really couldn't follow the book because the but book there has are so some many similarities. Huge set pieces. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got the you got basically the same cast of characters. It's an expensive show to make. Yeah. All that mm-hmm. makeup. I actually think uh, Shane is way more interesting in the show than he ever was in the book. Really? He's not in the book very long. Well, there's that, but I mean, in the book, he kind of like Rick comes back and Shane just becomes a villain, and he is. It's the transition is really rough. <laughs> And uh, Rocky, and yeah, like all of a sudden, he's just like, I am going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? Dude! <laughs> like, I like the um, Dale and Andrea are actually much better on the, they're my favorite characters in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love Dale. Love, love Dale like Andrea. <laughs> so that's cool. So oh, yeah. uh, already so, a third season, which is neat. Yeah, that's great. Um, Robert so, getting paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what's important. Uh, I'm interested to see if uh, they're going to give the show more money now because they, they did a lot of budget cuts yeah it would be really dis- like frankly it would be disgusting of them not to because i get that mad men is a hugely popular show and with good reason but how much money do you really need <laughs> how much money does mad men really need and um promise mc doesn't own mad men right i think it was you who actually explained it to me that like every cent basically they cut from the walking dead goes directly into their pocket since they have like the licensing for that Mm-hmm. So they have more impetus Mad to Men cut Men that rather, show. Right? No, no, no. For, no, Walking Dead. For Walking Dead. Because they oh. cut Mad Men and that goes out to li- different licensors. Like mm-hmm. that money gets distributed. To where? Banana Republic? Yeah, I don't know. Like more more diluted. Whereas when they cut stuff from The Walking Dead and Breaking Bad, that goes directly to AMC. Gotcha. So Interesting. That is one of the main reasons why 
they are cutting the budgets to two of their wildly successful shows. <laughs> um, Marvel, again, released a lot of teasers uh, this week. Oh, we boy, saw uh, in uh, New Mutants number 34, which is out on November 23rd. Uh, Blink is actually coming back in X-Men Regenesis. I like Blink. Yay. Which is, which is interesting. <laughs> and she's, she's got like a really sort of retro look, like 90s look, right. which is pretty cool. Um, so I was like, hey, that's a throwback. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know. If you, you like Blink? I do, yeah. yeah. I liked mm-hmm. her in Exiles an awful lot. Yeah. Um, Judd Winnick, actually. Friend of the podcast. Wrote that. I love Judd. <laughs> uh, Arkham City sold 4.6 million units worldwide Holy in its Mag- first week, which Gillicutty. is insane. That's crazy. Yeah. And you guys are both playing it. Oh, yeah. Fortunately, not all of us here have had the time to Sarah. play the game. Yeah. You're missing out. I know I am. I started my new game plus. Uh, that is a lot harder. Um, Holy oh no, moly! I, I, I'm actually not playing. I'm watching my housemate play it. Uh, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, so, thumbs up or thumbs down for the ending? I am baffled by the ending. Uh, That's all I need to know. Yeah, it is. Uh, I would say thumbs up, but it is like I did not think that they could do that. Okay, and that's, that's all I will say. That's it. <laughs> oh, it is um, it is awesome. I'm baffled in the best way, I should say. Okay. And and speaking of Arkham City, uh, we got a trailer uh, for for Nightwing, which is yes. actually Nightwing's DLC comes out on Tuesday, November first. I was kind of under the impression that Nightwing would be included and unlockable, but yeah. apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. You have to. It looks great. Yeah, yeah, it does look really cool. If, uh, he looks really cool. I love these uh, Scream of Sticks. Yes. If I weren't having so many issues stuff. with my uh, PSN account, I would probably be picking that up. But. Did you did you think <laughs> that the uh, the way that he plays is, is similar to Catwoman? Like, it's very, like, a lot of... You mean the video from the video? I don't know yeah. if you played him. Um, it's definitely different from Batman. Batman has a more heavier presence when mm-hmm. he punches people. Catwoman's faster. And athletic. And yeah. Very she's fluid. Also, she's also way more... Uh, yeah. She uses her... Uh, she's got a lot more flair. So it's actually interesting because the timing of her hits is very different than the I like that one because he has hits. the sticks. And the sticks yeah. really make his action really cool. Yeah. It is how you would think. Right. That wing. I also would, like... Yeah. yeah I, I actually... It's, it's funny because one of the big... Uh, criticisms about Arkham City is that Catwoman is kind of a, a palette swap is what people are saying with Batman like she plays fundamentally the same fundamentally yeah yeah and it's like but, yeah you still hit well, square to attack triangle to counter and then yes. you've got the same like but she can climb there's, there's that but there's also like she's she's a lot more utilitarian because she only has basically two gadgets she's got uh, bolas which can stun one enemy and caltrops which can kind of like incapacitate multiple enemies mm-hmm. and that's it yep. so I actually kind of like playing as her because with Batman you've got to keep track of all these gadgets and when to use them and how to use them. And, but with Catwoman, very basic. Also, the way she navigates the city. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, her, climbs. She climbs and her, she doesn't grapple, but she has the whip and the whip right. just doesn't extend as far. Right. And yeah, like, so I really like playing as Catwoman. I really like playing as her in the challenge rooms. I actually kind of like it more. And like I said, her, her, her attack animations are much more like flair. They've got a lot more personality to them. So the timing on the hits is very different. So, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great game. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't bring this up, but there was a, I was reading an article, I think it was on Comics Alliance, where they, um, like, every time Catwoman is in a scene in Arkham City, and mind you, I haven't, like, played it yet, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. Um, they, like, she's always called, like, the B-word. Every like every scene, and I think that that too. I think that, (laughs) like, I think every, which I thought was weird, like why? Well, okay, for one thing, these are criminals. Yeah, they're criminals. Like that's what they're going to call her. You know what I mean? (laughs) I didn't understand what the big these are. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But this is also you know rated M game. Yeah, it's rated T. I think it's T. 
Yeah, yeah rated T game. Nobody, yeah. Like, so yeah. there's only so much you can say. Right. And I mean, it's like, yeah, these aren't astrophysicists or rocket scientists or. Like, yeah, I thought it was silly. Like, yeah. I guess. I don't these know. aren't women's studies professors. They're freaking yeah. dumbass criminals. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to have any regard for, like, <laughs> yeah. whether or not she's going to be offended yeah. by that. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, no, that is, a, that is a silly point to bring up. It's like, <laughs> is LA Noir too racist? It's like, well, considering the time it takes place in, no. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so, uh, speaking of video games, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. New characters. <gasps> yeah. Like Nova, which yeah. looks really cool. Love it. Uh, Ghost Rider, Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. It's coming out next month, I think, on the 15th, November Iron 15th. Iron Fist just makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I Iron mean, Fist yeah. totally makes sense. Not have Iron Fist um, the really? raccoon, though. Rocket raccoon. <laughs> That's a little strange. I love it. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, different color palettes. I think the one I was most disappointed with was Doom 2099. They just gave him like a red cape and they called it Doom 2099. Is that though an alternate costume or is that an alternate color palette? Well, it's an alternate color palette. Okay. Then I can understand it because they did basically the same thing with like... um, They they did that with a couple of things. Like they made US Agent, which was basically just a Captain America color swap. Mm -hmm. Um, They did that with a couple of characters where they tried to like be like, no, it's this completely different thing, but it's really just a palette swap. Yeah, yeah, no, (laughs) totally. Um, I actually love, and I know that he's not a comic book character, but I love Phoenix Wright's trailer. The, uh, the lawyer from the Capcom games, uh, because it shows him using his like level three super move, and it's basically he accuses them of crimes, but he does it to Doctor <laughs> Doom. And, like so, just seeing Doctor Doom like have this weird panic attack freak out <laughs> over like this guy going like, "I have all the evidence to convict you." <laughs> it's just it's really goofy, but in a really fun way. <laughs> it's funny. I like that game because it is kind of silly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very silly. I'm, I'm it's kind of silly. It's going really, to check it's, that really out. it's really, it's <laughs> really silly. silly. Yeah. Albert Wesker is a herald of Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's been more Scrolls talk in, in Whedon's Avengers, so that's the thing. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, who's going to be playing Loki again in nice. the Avengers, ha- has gone on the record uh, stating that he will have help in the Avengers. He's like, well, it's kind of obvious that, you know, I'm going to be getting help because before I was able to, you know, fight Thor right. and kind of beat him in the first movie. So, you know, or... I, I'm or he or he beat me right. in the first movie, so obviously if I'm going to take on eight of them, like I'm going to need a little bit of help. Right. It's been, I mean, you yeah. saw from all the leaked pictures, people wearing the the motion capture suits. And right. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, there's going to be CG in the Avengers movie. Oh, really? I don't know if y'all knew that. <laughs> um, and then something that came out today, we've got uh, Mark Millar is adapting American Jesus for TV. American Jesus. Why don't I remember that book? It's about uh, Jesus Christ. Right. uh, Set in modern day. Ah. Interesting. (laughs) The Christ God. All right. Yeah. (laughs) But it's different from Chosen, which is also his old book. Yeah. Um, So uh, he's also looking at superior nemesis adaptations, which we sort of knew about and uh nemesis is gonna be weird nemesis they picked up immediately i think it was yeah. tony scott or something mm-hmm. i haven't actually that read that book I kind of <sighs> yeah. well, i'm a mark miller fan remember that and then uh, <laughs> exactly what you expect of it okay <laughs> oh god and then they're still talking about uh kick-ass 2 and the sequel to wanted which honestly i don't know if we're ever gonna see a wanted sequel like what are they gonna do because i don't see angelina jolie coming back for that and that yeah. movie came out in 2008 yeah, and it did well, but not like it didn't like. No, it didn't do like really, really well. So. Okay, actually though, going back to Nemesis, is it more Wanted or Kick Ass? 
because I know the villain is the protagonist. So, and ne- I, Nemesis. Yeah, Nemesis is more because I really didn't like Wanted because I felt like it's, that it's character neither, was terrible. I think. Okay. I mean, like in terms of tone, more than in terms of content. It's all shock. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> in terms of tone, it's more kick-ass. Okay, that's actually good then, because I like kick-ass a lot more than Wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Wanted is not a good book, and I'm a Mark Millar fan, and I think, I think that is a first terrible book. Four issues, of, first three issues of Wanted were, were much better than the last issue. Yeah, but I mean, even then, it's like great—we get to see this guy be a complete sociopath. I'm really rooting for him. You know what? <laughs> Nemesis is all about a guy being a sociopath. There we go. Okay, <laughs> I was afraid of that. But basically, um, uh, Millar World Productions is, right. is what he's calling it, and uh, and I guess he's he's really venturing into the whole Hollywood thing, you know, sort of. Yeah, him. yeah, good for him. That's what I think. And he he said something about wanting to make Scotland like like uh, the new New Zealand. <laughs> sort of what Peter Jackson did for New Zealand. Mark Millar wants to do oh. for Scotland, which is which oh, is oh, he's interesting. He's funny. Come so on, he's funny. He's so, so fun. Yeah, he's he has fun with what he does. Yeah, no, he definitely does. I think he's <laughs> he's, he's so like, bombastic. He's the he's an incredible hype man. Yeah, for he's, his he's own great. stuff. <laughs> so uh, I guess that that's it. Like that's that's all Ooh. the news I've got. Um, we we didn't week. cover a lot of comics. I don't know, it's pretty long still. Well, like considering our last week's was like two forty five or well, something. Well, you know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess that's it. Tony will be back next week Woo. with the coverage of Long Beach Comic Con, and um, so you know, come back for that. And yeah. uh, I guess that does it. Thank you guys for listening to the Comic Vine podcast for this week. Join us next week, and I think we're gonna have a guest next week. <gasps> yes, special guest. I mean, I feel like I've been saying that for a really long time. Like, but uh, special guest Tony Guerrero on next week. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Tony Guerrero. <laughs> And on that note, thanks for listening, guys, and we will, or you can hear us next week. Bye.